Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people, loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Today, we continue. Um, we continue our series, Answered Prayers. Um, and I just want to say, man, I am thankful. Are you thankful today? Are you grateful with me? Come on, man. Are you grateful? I am grateful. One of the things, of the many things that I'm grateful for, is that I'm not on the dating scene. <laughs> Seriously. I'm so glad that I'm not on the dating scene. Like, in this day and age of, of, of dating apps, swipe left, swipe left, 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 left. No chance at all, man. Seriously. No chance at all. And then when you actually find somebody that swipes right, you go on a date, it's probably not that great. Or you find that date that went pretty well and you connect and then you just like maintain friendship zone. Like that would be really rough in 2021. I am thankful that I have been dating my wife for almost 11 years. But then there's this, this phenomenon where you, the date goes well and you start communicating and it goes really, really well. And then all of a sudden, without warning, without justification or cause, silence. You have been ghosted. I was ghosted before ghosted was a thing, man. Way back before Amy, man, I had eyes for this one girl who worked at Children's Services and I finally got a date with her, and we went out on a date, and it was great, and we had a great friendship, but I never moved from the friendship zone. And then one day, all of a sudden, nothing. Utter silence. Text messages were not returned. They seemed to just float into oblivion. Phone calls were not returned. You're here. I'm preaching it, apparently, to somebody. Wow. <laughs> I was ghosted before ghosted was a thing. Did I tell you that I'm thankful that I am not on the dating scene, that I've been dating my wife for almost 11 years? Praise the Lord. As we go into the second installment of this series, Answer Prayer, we have to have another hard conversation about those times that we feel like God has ghosted us. Oh, yeah, that's a thing, too. That it feels like, it seems like God has been absent. That God has been silent, all but abandoned us. All of those things that we talked about last week still apply. And if you have not listened to that message, I encourage you to go on Spotify or to iTunes or a website 
wapaknaz.org to listen to that message about unanswered answered prayers. Because things there apply here. Our horizontal relationships apply to our vertical relationship. Those matter. Motives matter. Faith matters. God's will matters. When we talk about abandonment or absence or silence, being ghosted by God, all those things apply. But if you think you're the only one in the room that has at one point or is feeling like God is silent, God may be absent, or that he's all abandoned, all but abandoned you, think again. Because we don't need to look very far in the scriptures to find that this idea, this feeling is there. Gideon, threshing wheat in the wine press for fear of the Midianites. The angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But Gideon replies, But sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now, the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hands of Midian. We have been ghosted by God. The psalmist, Psalm 10, right on the front end of the psalm. Why, O Lord, do you stand far off? You ever felt that way? Where are you? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? David, Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? Ghosted by God. David, the warrior, in a moment where he is to the point of extreme exhaustion because he has continued to be hunted down by his enemies, writes this in Psalm 22 that is quoted by Jesus Christ on the cross in the loneliest moment. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you far, so far from saving me, so far from my words of groaning? I cry out to you by day, but you don't answer. By night and am not silent. You have ghosted me. No just cause. All of a sudden, you aren't there. Where are you? The prophet Habakkuk even starts his oracle. Chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. The oracle of Habakkuk, the prophet received. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? Habakkuk is literally witnessing injustice and violence of God's people at the hands of pagans. How long? But you don't listen. Or I cry out to you. Violence. But you do not save. 
Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate long, wrong? Ghosted by God. Seemingly absent, seemingly silent, feeling all but abandoned. Have you been there? Are you there? Because this is one of the main three reasons why people have lost their faith. They have stopped coming to church and had the slow fade, as Debbie says, the slow fade away from the Lord their God. When they once had a relationship with Christ and they've slowly faded away and they no longer have a relationship with Christ. And in fact, they say there is no God. This is one of the major issues that people deal with when it comes to faith, their relationship with the Lord. Many people are no longer here because of this issue. And so, this is the hard conversation. Ghosted by God, seemingly silent. Apparently absent. And so, I'd ask that you open up the scripture to Matthew chapter 11. But is God really silent? Is God really absent? Has he really gone far away from us? And what do we do? What do you do? What do we do when we feel this way? When we think this way? Does God's silence actually mean he's absent? Does God's delay actually mean that there's denial? What do we do? Matthew chapter 11. We're going to start in the first verse. If there was ever a time for a miracle, this was it. John the Baptist, Jesus' relative or cousin, as many would say. You can see Luke in the book of Luke chapter 1 and 2. Luke puts their birth stories and intertwines them because they're really intricate and important to see one another in the same lens. But John is, is that preacher of repentance, that preparer of the way. He's the wilderness prophet who comes on scene before Jesus. He's the one that points to the Lamb and actually encourages his own disciples to follow him. John the Baptist is the one that lives on the fringes because he obeyed God. He did all the right things. But John the Baptist finds himself in a prison cell, in four walls, in darkness, because he obeyed the Lord. He followed Christ. He followed the Lord's word. He did his will. And if, again, if there was ever a time that there should be a miracle, the time is now. And so we pick it up. Matthew chapter 11, verse 1. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, John the Baptist, heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who, is, who was to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back 
and report to John what you have seen or what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is anyone. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. We'll continue. Verse 7. John's disciples were leaving. Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind. If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes. John didn't wear fine clothes, man. Not at all. No, those who wore fine clothes are kings and palaces. Then what did you go to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about who it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare a way before you. I tell you the truth. Among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Father, we ask that your word speak. May we not just be informed today, but may we be transformed May we meet you where you are, and may you meet us where we are. And as we wrestle today, may we still come to the conclusion that you are God and you are good. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If there was ever a time for a miracle, this was the time, right? John the Baptist face-to-face with the prison cell. And Jesus, out preaching the word of God, healing Romans, curing lepers, giving paralytics the ability to walk, demon-possessed, no longer possessed, back home living with their families, sitting at wells talking to women who have been ostracized by the community, changing water to wine, performing amazing miracles and preaching the good news to the poor. And John the Baptist, doing the work and the will of God, now sits in prison. The backstory here. Why is John in prison? Well, John spoke publicly about the political scandal that was happening in the kingdom. It was TMZ worthy. It was that type of scandal. See, Herod Antipas had eyes for Herodias. And Herodias had eyes for Herod Antipas. Despite the fact that she was married to Philip, like I said, TMZ worthy. It was really good. And then Herodias decided, I'm going to divorce Philip and I'm going to marry Herod Antipas. And they did. And John spoke truth to power and preached against it. And Herodias didn't like it. Did I mention that Herod Antipas and Philip, they're brothers? Yeah, they're brothers. Again, TMZ worthy. Man, they'd be all over this. It'd be on the news as well. Scandal at the White House. Right? And John spoke against it. 
Herodias had her way. And John was captured and put in prison. Speaking truth to power, right? And here we have Jesus, the miracle worker, the teacher, the one who John actually proclaimed, prepare the way of the Lord, repent. John actually baptized Jesus in the Jordan at beyond Bethany. Bethany beyond the Jordan. And John is now, his faith is shrinking to the size of his cell. You ever have circumstances like that? Where your faith in Christ at one time was huge and you were operating on all cylinders, you were connected, you were serving, and then all of a sudden, your circumstances changed. Your way of life shifted, upended, came crumbling down. I think all of us can relate to that. Whether it's the divorce, the infidelity, the loss of a spouse or a friend, the loss of a job, the job that hasn't come yet, going to college, graduating college, you name it, it's life. Those are the circumstances that we have. And then the circumstances begin to dictate the faith, your faith. And your faith shrinks to the size of your circumstance. That's where John is. John's faith has, has shrunken to the size of his cell. He knew he was operating in the way of the Lord. He knew he was doing right. But something outside, this doesn't make sense. This situation doesn't add up. And so, as he's wrestling with his faith, he sends his disciples to go ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah? Are you the one to come? I'm a little confused, John. Didn't you preach about this guy? And didn't you baptize him? And didn't you point him out? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And now you're questioning? You're wondering if he is the one? You're wondering if there's somebody else to come? And John would nod his head and said yes. So he sends his disciples to ask Jesus this question. Our circumstances, sometimes we allow our circumstances to dictate our faith rather than our faith to filter the circumstances. John has missed that, however briefly he may have missed that. And so, he asks the question. Folks, I'm not here to tell you, don't ever question God. A majority of the Psalms ask God a lot of hard questions. Habakkuk, whose name means to embrace and wrestle, wrestled with the hard questions along with God. Jacob wrestled 
with God, literally, physically, wrestled. You and I, our faith is not as simple as the world says it is. It's a little bit more complicated than that. We must wrestle with the hard questions. And so, you have permission to ask God the hard questions. John tells us that. But when we ask God the hard questions, we must be prepared for the hard answers. Answers that you and I may not appreciate or like or it doesn't line up with our worldview or our view of God. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. Now notice Jesus doesn't say, yeah, that's me, in case you forgot. No, he says, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the dead, deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. John is sitting in a cell. He's seeing nothing of what's going on around him, what God is doing. Yet, he hears that God is doing something. And so he's asking Jesus, are you the one? God's activity out here, no activity here, this doesn't make sense. But Jesus says, Hey, John, look at God's activity. Hear God's activity, and you know that God is moving, and you will know that I am the one, because this, these are signs of who is to come, and that's me. What do we do when we sense that God is silent, seemingly silent, apparently absent, And we feel all but abandoned. The one thing that Jesus points out to is we've got to look outside ourself. Because what happens when those moments occur in our life and our faith shrinks to the size of our cell is that we begin to become self-focused and self-centered. Because faith is always looking upward and outward. Faith in God is always looking for God and engaging with Him. And as we do that, we engage with other people. But when our faith is in question, we begin to look into ourself. And Jesus is saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Look around you and see the activity of God around you. And you will know that God is not absent, God is not silent, and God is active. But he's not active here, Jesus. Yeah, he is. His silence is not, cannot be equated with his absence. And what we perceive as inactivity of God in our life 
isn't necessarily an activity of God in my life. God's mission has not changed. God's movement hasn't changed. His love for you hasn't changed. His perspective of you has not changed. Despite the circumstances that are around us, He hasn't. He has not changed one bit. He's still sovereign. He's still Lord. It's one thing when other people come to us and say, man, this is going on in my life. Let me pray for you. I'll pray for you. Good job, because you know, we pray now and pray later, because if we don't pray now, we won't pray later. But when it happens to us, we doubt. God is not mindful of my happiness and my well-being. We wonder. For us, Jesus tells us the first thing you need to do is begin to look outside of you and look for him working in the world. The other aspect is we've got to have a gut check. When you think God is silent, when you think he has abandoned you and absent from you, we've got to gut check our feelings. Because quite frankly, is your faith dependent on, on feeling God? Well, it is an inherent that belief in Jesus Christ and God himself is faithful, is faith. God is spirit. We don't see him, but he is moving about in the world. We can see him in his work through creation and through the transformation of other people's lives. I've seen it myself and many of you. God is at work in you. He has transformed you. You're allowing him to do those things. But often, we filter our faith through our feelings. And as Boston would say, it's more than a feeling. It really is. Faith is more than feeling. Well, I just didn't feel the spirit in service today. There must be something wrong. Folks, faith is not dependent on your feeling of God. Quite frankly, if we're not feeling God, it doesn't necessarily mean he's absent. It doesn't necessarily mean he's silent. It doesn't necessarily mean he's not active. Because your feelings turn on a dime. All the time. And if you engage with the world through your feelings, there's going to be a lot of distortion in your life. And if you engage with God and filter your faith through your feelings, there's going to be a lot of distortion in your life. Actually, more often than not, you will believe that God is not there because you do not feel Him. But we have to look at the facts of God's Word. This is why it is so important that we engage with the word of God because the, because the truth is there. And we begin to filter our life and our thoughts and our heart through the word of God. The fact is, the word of God says, Isaiah 55, seek me while I be, may be found. In the New Testament, 
Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. That is fact. That is truth of the word of God. When you draw near, he draws near to you. You can stand on that, especially when you don't feel him. What other truth do we have? Well, we have actually been, in fact, ghosted by God, but not in the way we've been talking about, in the Pentecost way. Because when you receive Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, sets up camp in you. Wherever you go, God is with you because He is in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God Almighty dwells in you. That's exciting. That's amazing. Because God is with you over the course of the entire Scripture over and over and over and over again. God reminds His people that He is with His people. And when God was for us, He became God with us in Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ left us, He sent His his Spirit to be within us. God's with is the fact that He goes before us, behind us, He's beside us, and He's within us. Those are the facts and the truth of God. So when I don't feel Him, I know the facts of the Word. And I know the truth, because God does not contradict God's Word. He will not contradict His Word. And therefore, I can trust that He is with me, especially in the valley of the shadow of death. We got a gut check. We got to gut check our feeling when we think God is silent, when we believe he's absent. We have to look outside our circumstances. What else do we learn from the situation? Jesus ends that whole situation with blessed is the man woman, teenager, individual who does not fall away on account of me. That's not a really good answer, Jesus. Like I said, when you ask Jesus the hard questions, you better be prepared for the hard answers. Blessed is anyone who does not fall away on account of me. Stay with me on this one because we got to wrestle with this one because this is really, really hard to hear, hard to preach, and hard to live out. Jesus, are you telling me that there are going to be circumstances in my life that could possibly cause me to stumble and fall away? Yep. Jesus, are you telling me that there are going to be circumstances in my life that you're allowing in my life that could potentially cause me, be that catalyst to walk away from you, to have that slow faith? Absolutely. But blessed is the one who does not fall away from me. Think about this in terms of John's disciples here. And John. I'd be wondering if I were one of John's disciples, Jesus, did, did John do something to you when you were kids? Like, something happened between you two that you just got this grudge on John and you're leaving him sit there for however long you want to. No, no. Well, then you're going to break him out of prison then, right? No. 
he'll remain there. Do you not like him? Is that is that is that what's going on here? You just don't like him? And as they turn away and leave, Jesus actually speaks very highly of John. There's no one greater born of a woman than John. Uh, I just imagine this moment like they stop dead in the tracks. They turn right back around and go, well, then you're going to let him go then, huh? Blessed is the one who does not fall away on account of me. No. No, he's, he's not going to get released. Remain faithful. Remain faithful. Whether it's because of something I've done or haven't done in your life, remain faithful. If the prayer is left unanswered the way you want it answered, remain faithful. If it seems like I'm absent and I'm silent, remain faithful. Remain faithful. What do we do when it seems like God is silent, when it seems like he's absent and we've been all but abandoned? Remain faithful. Because, quite frankly, we can't associate our difficulties in our life with the character of God. The character of God is stagnant. It is stoic. It remains the same all the time. It does not change. He's always holy. He's always loving. That's who he is. Personal circumstances, they can't be equated with how God feels about you because how God feels about you was proved on the cross. This is hard to wrestle with because circumstances, again, Sometimes they cause us to filter our faith through the circumstance rather than the other way around. I'd like to say this story ends well. I really would. But it doesn't. On Herodias, or Herod Antipas' birthday, his stepdaughter, Salome, dances for him. Whether it was the dance talking or the alcohol talking, we don't know. But in that moment, he was so pleased that he said, you can have anything you want up to half of my kingdom. And unlike the teenagers of 2021, this girl actually goes and talks to her mother and asks her mother what she wants. Happy Mom's Day! And Herodias, what she wants... It's Herod's head on a silver platter. Literally. John's head. Not her, not her husband, sorry. That would be even more TMZ worthy. Wow! John, get out of prison. I got eyes for you. Whoa. That's not biblical. Wow. I'm going to write that one down. Jesus, I suggest you change the story. 
How would that preach? Okay, that's for another day. John's head on a silver platter, and that's what happens. John loses his head. He's not the only one that loses his head in Scripture. James, the brother of John, James, who was an apostle, a disciple. Paul, we know he lost his head. Folks, didn't end well there. I wish I had a great, wonderful, ending well story, but sometimes it doesn't wrap up that way. But one of the other things that we need to do is look back, remember what God has done, and look ahead and remember what he'll do. We look to the New Testament for this. We look to the early church for this. Peter says in 1 Peter, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, with who, through faith, are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last days. The early church those disciples who suffered through Christ's death and silent Saturday also saw Resurrection Sunday. They also experienced Pentecost 50 days later. And they continued to go back and draw from the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When things seem hopeless and silent and God is absent, God is actually working. God is actually moving. And out of that comes resurrection and comes life and comes hope. And they're caught in the already and not yet. And they look forward. They look forward to the coming of Christ because then they know it's all worth it. They know in the end, as James says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. This is Jesus' own brother. And he says, because when you have stood the test, he or she will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. This is James who knew that the other James lost his head. This is James who knew John lost his head. This is James who saw the church spread and scattered because of persecution. He knew what was going on in the Roman world because people were holding to their faith. So many losing their head. And then he says, you wait. You'll get the crown of life for a head that I've lost. Absolutely. Revelation speaks of it. we got to look to what God has done. Draw from the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Draw from Pentecost. And draw from the fact that Jesus Christ will make it right when he comes again. Folks, as we look beyond ourselves and look to the activity of God around us, as we gut check our feelings, as we remain faithful and we look to what God has already done in our life, 
and what Jesus did on the cross and the resurrection and what he's going to do in the end. We also need to keep in mind that God may actually have something else in mind. When Jesus Christ wrestled with the will of God in the garden, God, if you can take this cup from me, God knew what he had in mind already. When Paul wrestled with the thorn in his side, God had something else in mind. These are two moments that prayers that were prayed were somewhat unanswered from our terminology. But they were answered. Folks, we feel like God is silent and God is absent and we feel like God is not answering our prayers one of the things that we must allow our mind to go to allow our heart to rest on is that maybe God has got something else in mind he loves you enough to not give you it and he loves you so much that he's wanting this for you over here whatever that this may be So, if God, if you think God is silent and God is absent in your life, if you feel all but abandoned, I want to rest assured that God is with you. You may not feel Him, but He's there. He's walking with you. He's walking before you and He's coming behind you. And you know what? He may have something greater in mind. Because we serve the God of immeasurably more. More than we can think or imagine. Because he is able to do more than we think or can imagine. Would you please stand? Heavenly Father, if there are those wrestling today, with what they think may be your silence, your absence in their life, I know you're speaking. I know you're moving. Help them look outside their self to see what's going on around them. there's any one of us that our, our faith is determined by our feelings Lord help us flip that switch in our life we, may we begin to filter our life through the word of God I'd like to ask you a couple questions folks as we're in the spirit of prayer this conversation with God If you have sensed or believe that God has been silent in your life, that God has been absent in your life, you felt all but abandoned, and you're walking through that right now, I would like for you to public acknowledge, publicly acknowledge that 
by raising your hand. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, for those that have raised their hand, that have publicly acknowledged that they're they're wrestling with this, that they're they're feeling that you're not there. They believe that you're not there. God, will you draw them into the truth of God, the Word of God? May uh, they just hunger and thirst for you right now in this season. Will you remind them of scriptures that they've read? Remind them of moments that you were there when they didn't even realize that you were. Remind them of moments that you have come through. Help them see other people in these circumstances that show the activity of God in the world and in life. Lord, strengthen them that they may be faithful in this moment. Faithful to you. Even faithful to coming in on a Sunday each and every week even if they don't feel like it. God, check their feelings. Will you bring people alongside them to uphold them, to lift them, to hold their arms up in the air? Father, I love you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you how you're with us. It's in your name, Jesus, that we ask these things today. Folks, we love you. God loves you. He'd like for you to wrestle with him. Will you please love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength? And will you please, please, please love your neighbor as yourself? Happy Mother's Day. There's no encounter this evening. We'll see you Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Nas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you were moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.